Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this final episode of Superpowers of the Soul for 2023. This is Amorakai, and I am so happy to be here today talking about how to discover your inspired work with our super fabulous guest, Kylie Redhead. Kylie is the creator of the New School for Inspired Work, where she offers coaching and online programs to help people really discover who they are and what they have to offer so they can create their great work in the world that helps to move humanity forward. You know, I think I think many of us are noticing that we're entering into a new era of work. As Kylie says, we're changing how we work and, more importantly, we're changing what we do for work and why, why we work. In this evolution, she says our work must be grounded in purpose, expansive in vision, and allow us to be our true selves. You know, that that person that we ultimately came into this lifetime to be. One of the many, many things I deeply adore and appreciate about Kylie is that she stands so fiercely for people who really want to show up in the world in a brighter way. You know, to make a valuable contribution and, and live a life that is deeply meaningful and fulfilling at the same time. She calls this your inspired work. And I, for one, believe it's a recipe for positive global impact and deep personal fulfillment. And what could be better than that? Uh, in my experience, you know, Kylie just has this incredible heart of gold. She has an impeccable level of integrity and such deep care for her clients in our shared world. I'm just super thrilled that she's here with us today for this conversation. So let's get her on. Kylie, welcome to the show, love. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Mark. I thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so excited that you're here today to talk about this, you know, talk more about how to discover your inspired work and the shift in general that's really starting to happen around how we work and why we work. I'd say evolution is definitely in the air on the work front. <laughs> Most certainly. <laughs> well, before we get deep into that conversation, I'd love to just start us off by asking you our, our favorite opener around here. And that is, what are your superpowers of the soul, Kylie? And how are you using them for good in your life right now? Well, I have many, as does everyone, which is part of the work that I do is helping people (laughs) discover their own superpowers. Uh, But if I were to choose one in this moment, I would say listening. Although I I wonder if that's a superpower of the soul or if it's the superpower of my human self. Mm. Um, I feel as though I use all my senses to hear people. I find a lot of my work is really about helping people hear themselves. And to do that, I have to see what they're saying, hear what they're saying. I feel what they're saying. And eventually, I find that uh, they end up being able to hear themselves. Mm, What an empowering superpower. Oh, my goodness. Um. There's such a brilliance in that. It's so funny how it can be so hard to hear ourselves sometimes. And to have that reflection really is a superpower. And it does light up the genius in others. I'm sure you find that yourself, yeah? Absolutely. And sometimes uh, I'm actually amused because (laughs) when I reflect (laughs) back to people, what they tell me, they think I'm so brilliant. And I'm literally repeating the words that they just (laughs) spoke to me. And so, yeah, I find it really interesting, the, the difference between hearing ourselves from our head and from our heart. And I suppose I listen from the heart and that's what I hear. And 
it takes time, I find, for people to, yeah, to drop out of their mind and to actually connect with their heart and soul and hear themselves on that level. Mm, but when they do, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, mm-hmm. Uh, what gets unleashed then? Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to come back. We're going to take our short break now so we can come back and talk about exactly that. What then gets unleashed in you when you have that exquisite experience? Oh my goodness. All right. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take our short break now so we can learn more about how to discover your inspired work and get the most out of this new work evolution when we get back. Kylie, just before we do that, where can we tell people to go to connect with you and find out more about all the greatness you're up to in the world? The easiest way to find me is on my website, thenewschool.ca. And on uh, all social, you can find me at the New School for Inspired Work. Oh, fantastic. All right. We'll make sure those links are up on the show page for everyone. All right. You are listening to Superpowers of the Soul here on the Superpower Network, and we will be right back to get deep into how to discover your inspired work with Kylie Redhead in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, Go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amora Kai, and if you're just tuning in, today we are talking with Kylie Redhead about how to discover your inspired work. And so just before the break, we were talking a little bit about what gets unleashed for people when they have the experience of being in that exquisite space with someone like yourself, whose superpower is actually to help unlock other people's superpowers. Hmm, pretty one much. Of the way, <laughs> one of the ways you do that is by this deep listening and reflecting. And I loved what you said that people think you're a rock star when you have mm-hmm. literally just reflected back what they themselves said. But hearing ourselves with our head is quite different than hearing ourselves with our heart and soul, which is one of the many, many things you provide when you work with somebody. You are such a strong stand for people in this new era of work that you created a whole school around it. You created the new school for inspired work to help people discover, create, and live their own inspired work. That takes a lot of passion, Kylie. That takes a lot of dedication. I'm so curious about where all your passion for this comes from. Where does it stem from? When did it start? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I can give a little background as to how I came to doing this work. And I I guess my story starts about 15 years ago. I was working in the field of marketing. And by all outward appearances, I should have been very fulfilled and very satisfied. I had great clients. Work came to me easily. I was paid really well to do the work I was doing. But there was some part of me that just felt a little bored, perhaps a little restless. And I just felt as though there was something missing. And I wasn't really sure at that time what it was. So I just carried on with what I was doing. And what I found after a year, two years is that boredom started to turn into frustration. And that frustration actually started to turn into anger and rage. And when it got to that point, I started to really question, like, what is going on? What's happening in my work that I'm at the point where I I became very resentful and bitter towards my clients? And I knew I'm like, okay, this is, I have to finish this. This is not working for me anymore. And I'm not working for my clients anymore. 
And what I wanted to do is I wanted to, like, I was looking for something more. That's the real key. And why I say that is because so many people who come to work with me, that's exactly what they're looking for. But because I didn't know what that was, I actually just made a decision to close the doors to that business and walk away. And Mm -hmm. I had set up myself some time to do some exploration about, you know, what is it that I'm looking for? What is it I want to do in the world? And I thought I was going to enter into this blissful, free feeling state of being. And what actually (laughs) happened is I dropped into a really deep depression. And lucky for me, I always say I feel lucky that I had some good depressions earlier in my life, because what that meant was when I was in it, I didn't try to get out of it. And I share this because so many people, again, who come to me, I think they're struggling with this idea that they, they're depressed. And to me, what the depression is, is it is a space where we release the old identity of who we are. And so I stayed in my depression for a while because I knew something really important was happening. I knew that the old version of myself was falling away. And part of that old version was my identity in relationship to my work. Because I was so identified with my work at that time, I realized, um, you know, the work I was doing, I was in marketing and I had this realization that I was helping people and organizations and companies put messages out into the world. And when I realized that the messages I was helping put out into the world actually didn't have any meaning for me, it made my life feel meaningless. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the depression was sort of about is I, I, when I removed that identity, there was no meaning anymore for me. And so I had to go on a journey, an inner journey to discover mm-hmm. like, what, who am I and how do I want to show up in the world and what is important to me? And that journey took several years And it's part of the reason why I do the work I do now is I'm trying to help other people make that journey in a much more graceful, easeful way, and hopefully a lot shorter than what took me. Because for me, there was no roadmap to figuring that out. Like, who am I? What do I have to offer? What is the work I want to do in the world? Uh, It took me a long time to figure that out. But one of the key pieces, and this is this is a key piece as to why I am so passionate about what I'm doing, is in my own journey that had been, you know, several several years long at this point, I read a book by uh, Sir Ken Robinson, who's now just recently passed in the last couple of years, I believe. Um, and his book was called The Element, How Finding Your Passion Changes Everything. And when I was reading his book, it wasn't as though I found my passions per se, but what happened was, as I read a sentence in his book that said, there are no schools for people to discover their gifts. Mm. And in that moment, I thought, you know what, that is exactly what I'm going to do. And then the next day I woke up and I thought, who am I to do that? Who, who, am, I to, <laughs> yeah. who am I to help people discover their yes? I'm being ridiculous. This is silly. Like, why, you know, who am I to help people do that? Well, wouldn't you know it, the way life organizes itself, it just so happened that two months later, there was a summit in the city of Vancouver, which was where I was living at the time. Uh, and it was called Educating the Heart. And at the summit was... Sir Ken Robinson, and also Desmond Tutu, the Dalai Lama, Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. uh, all these luminaries. And I thought, okay, I have to go. 
And of course, they talked about what was missing in our education system was heart. And this really spoke to me. And I've always been a lover of education, but I also knew um, or felt the same thing that they were talking about was that we were trying to educate people from the mind and not from the heart. So I walked out of that event knowing I had to do this work um, and not knowing exactly what that meant or what that looked like. But it was the beginning of this journey. Now, what I recognized in doing this work and in creating this business was um, one of the things, the thing I was looking for, and this is, I'm telling this, this is a very long-winded story, but hopefully mm-hmm. there's points in here that people are relating to because so one of the one of the things I, one of the realizations I came to in my journey to try to discover my work was that I had been looking out in the world to figure out where I belonged. But what actually needed to happen was I had to look within myself to figure out what I had to bring to the world. Mm. And this is one of the key shifts I find people go through. You know, when a lot of people come to me, they're looking for what is it I'm supposed to do in the world? And they're not asking the question of themselves. Who am I being in the world? And what is it I have to bring into the world? And so what I discovered in my own journey that that what was missing in my work previously was me. Mm-hmm. And this is the more I find everyone is looking for. Mm-hmm. Is that they've not brought their whole selves to their mm-hmm. work. So in this discovery of the path I was going to take, I essentially had to figure out all of who I was and what I had to bring to the table and then create this school, this business that became a container for me sharing who I am with the world in a way that is in service to other people. And why I'm so passionate about it is for two reasons. For myself, um, this work, and this is hard for me to talk about without getting emotional because it's such a core of my being, but this work, I credit it for bringing me back to life. Mm. And, you know, this, I might go into further detail later in our conversation, but this work is what connects me with my inner source of energy. It is what allows me to tap into the deepest truth of who I am. So for myself, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And then for the world, I have a belief that I came into this lifetime in service to humanity and that I have consciously chosen to dedicate my life to serving humanity. And because I believe that our work is meant to be the truest expression of who we are, it's meant to be the place where our soul is expressed I believe that the evolution of all that is happens through us and comes into the world in the form of work. And I do think we are, you know, you talked at the top about how we're in this new consciousness. We are, Mm. we're birthing a new paradigm. We are the generations responsible for birthing a new paradigm. And so the combination of this making best use of who I am is what lights me up. And then the fact that it results in creating work for myself and others that helps birth this new paradigm is the fulfillment of what I call my soul work. Mm. I just adore you. There's so much in there. You know, I could circle back to 5,000 different things, but Mm. one of, one of the real, Oh, one of the real pulls is this idea you've expressed 
I think that I just felt so many people <laughs> listening to this in the world go, oh, to be energized by my work, mm -hmm. to be fulfilled by my work, to line up with the work that energizes me and allows me to bring my whole self to work. You know, I was on a, a team uh, actually fairly recently, I guess a few years ago, in in a service to humanity in a volunteer position and we were we were a bunch of different teams essentially working um and, and i would call it a heart-based think tank right? and mm -hmm. i think that's the best nice. way to put it <laughs> right yeah. to come up with and and receive and work on projects that would serve humanity in in various different areas and one of the ones i was called to work on was about new business and mm -hmm how to bring the heart into business and how to help teams and peoples and individuals and organizations, right, move into this new era from an understanding that if you look at, we were using among many things, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And so getting your basic human needs met for safety and security and have a roof over your head, right? And your, and your survival needs met used to be the purpose of work. Right. Uh, and that's really where we're coming from. But that meant you had to chop up the rest of you, your relationships, right? Your self-actualization, your, mm -hmm. your, your, uh, the rest of you, your soul, your heart, your, all of that. There would be a huge work day getting your survival needs met. And then there'd be maybe for some people, not all, but for some people, there'd be a, a few minutes for family, a few minutes for self reflection or development or spiritual, whatever that means for you, studies, right? And mm -hmm. now we're moving into this era where we can actually set ourselves up so that our work, whether it is our individual work, our businesses, the organizations, how do we make it so we can bring our whole selves to our work and in our workplace? I mean, a little bit different than what we're talking about here and also very aligned and similar in that if we don't have to chop ourselves up anymore and have this persona going on over here and a few minutes yeah. left for these other things over there, it's no wonder that so many of us are coming home at the end of the day feeling wrung out like a dirty washcloth, right? Drained instead of lit up by what we're doing. Um, under the, there's a, there's a burden, there's a energetic drain from, from hiding parts of yourself, from cutting parts of yourself off and really, you know, going forward with just the mind so much, or just in survival mode, or just in this persona and cutting yourself off from the rest of you. So that really stood out for me in, in part of this, um, this incredible mission you're on here is allowing people and inspiring people and helping people. Uh, individually, yes, but also usher in that whole new paradigm as you reflected. And I think that if we can envision that future, I mean, I don't, I, that possibility lights me up from head to toe. Like, mm -hmm. can I come back as a child being raised in that world, please? Where like schools, there are schools that help us understand and develop our gifts, where we get to bring our whole self to every aspect of our life, including our work, even especially our work. Especially our work. Especially our work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. It's really exciting. Okay, sweetheart. So, you know, doing this kind of work in the world, I would imagine, and especially for the years that you've been doing it, there's been a few bumps along the way. There's maybe been some ahas and insights through all the work you've done and people you've met. What are there some like surprising things that you've learned along the way on this journey? 
Well, the thing that's coming to mind sort of speaks to what you were just saying. The thing that surprises me the most, and I actually don't know if you're referring to surprises my own self or for other people, but yeah, yeah, what surprises me the most is how little people think of themselves. Yeah, it, that just brought sort of a tears to my eyes and cement into my chest and my heart just and it, it really on a daily basis uh, I meet with people who are in severe doubt about their worth and their value. And, you know, I, so I talk about this school where people to discover their gifts, almost everyone that comes to me says, well, I don't have anything of value to offer. Mm. And part of that is conditioning. Part of that, like, especially around work, we are conditioned to believe that our value is in what we know and the certifications and the qualifications and not actually in who we are as human beings. And so a lot of the times we have to go right back to that, that the basics I find and, and almost like reschool ourselves. I mean, it's called the new school for a number of reasons, but there's a reschooling that happens in terms of um, yeah, just really getting back at, who are you the person and helping people see themselves as worthy and valuable. And honestly, yeah, that probably is one of the most surprising things I've, I've come across is how much we are conditioned away from being who we are. And this is why I, this, I think people have, there's so much dissatisfaction and lack of fulfillment in work is in our schooling. And I don't want, I'm not, I don't mean to speak negatively about our schooling. It's just, it's the system mm-hmm. and it's the way it's been. And I see that it's changing. You know, I've been doing this work for 13 years now and I see the evolution of education. I'm seeing the evolution of business and work. Like you said, it's it. when I started 13 years ago, we were not doing heart-centered. We weren't talking about heart-centered, purpose-centered. Like maybe, you know, it was sort of like not, Uh, it was the few and now this is becoming the mainstream and especially as a result I feel like the pandemic catalyzed this shift in people this recognition of what am I doing with my life again I have a lot Mm. of that yeah Mm. so that's yeah that's one of my biggest surprises Mm. wow and is there any pattern to that surprise I mean Mm. do you do you know what I mean (laughs) Mm -hmm. do you we are and well the pattern i see is that um you know all all of us as individuals every human in my experience has some form of wounding that happens when we're younger yeah and the pattern i see is that people go on to choose their work or their career from a place of trying to um from the wound in other words, they're trying to overcome their sense of lack about their self. They're trying to prove their worthiness instead of actually coming out of life, uh, knowing their value and knowing their worthiness and creating work that allows them to do that. But the yeah, the pattern I see is that most people are choosing work based on their wounding and how I like to work with people is to help them recognize the wounds, right? We're not the, the wounds in my, the way I see them is they are the dissociated parts of ourself that we're trying to hold away. Mm-hmm. And so how I like to work with people is to re-welcome those dissociated parts <laughs> home, right? Mm-hmm. One of my clients said something I love so much because I asked her like, where are you going? And, you know, after we had been working together for a while, she said, 
I'm going to where my heart desires and I'm bringing all of me with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. I love that, but it, there, once we stop trying to hold those parts of ourselves away, we free up that energy and we can reorient ourselves into what it is we actually desire. And then we can create work that expresses our value and expresses our worthiness. And so the pattern I see is I have to help people like recognize the wound, understand that they've actually been choosing work from the wound and then to reorient themselves into what the wound has caused them to want to be and then to redirect their energy into that and like like my client said to to bring all of them with them to welcome those parts home mm. again speaking back to wholeness being in a whole mm -hmm. state not a fragmented state oh kylie such important points here, such important work. You know, there's a, um, a woman who, uh, her name's Claire, Claire Zammett. And she, she runs a coaching institute now, although, uh, I think she's most famous for her work with Jean Houston. Um, they founded a company, I believe called Evolving Wisdom. And mm. she, she did her PhD, uh, Anyways, she taught feminine power. I don't know the specifics of her PhD, but out of it came all these ideas around feminine power, right? And she she was really, really, really invested in discovering these patterns that tended to hold women back and to find out, you know, where they came from and, and what's really going on with it. And she really found that, you know, the culture piece to to it and i won't go into all those dynamics but she said one thing that really really i just love that reminds me of this conversation and she was essentially she was talking to a woman about her work in the world and her production and what she was creating and what she was producing and she said something to the effect of you know if your worth was off the table hmm. when it came to your creations and your productions and what you're trying like what would that look like for you she was finding that our self-worth and our worth as a human being was wrapped up and confused in mm -hmm. what we were creating and producing and so it was so painful that we wouldn't create we wouldn't iterate we wouldn't grow essentially and I love that line about you know um valuing our worthiness is inherent and our yeah. worthiness is also that we are worthy to grow and in order to grow you need to try you need to grow you need to fall you need to learn you need to do all these things and i i know that you're such a powerhouse in this and you hold such a fierce space for other people to do it but do you do you find like i find that it it's natural to little kids. You see them try, you see them grow, you see them fall mm. down, you feel them scream. Like there's no shame. There's no unworthiness. There's no inherent, you know, but do you find that there's a lot of that? There's this, there's this fear of creation of growth because yeah. our worth is tied up in it. And if I make a mistake or I quote unquote fail, or I don't get the response I want, or I feel rejected that my worth as a human being is at what's at stake not the worth of this project. You yes. know? And absolutely. And you just, you nailed it exactly. And a hundred percent, you know, I do help people create their own work, whether that's an employment situation or whether that's a new initiative or whether that's a, a business, you know, it doesn't matter. You can create um, 
whatever kind of work you'd like. However, just as you said, there is such, I would even say terror in people yeah. at the idea of creating and bringing forth their work. And, and for, for exactly, as you said, for both of those reasons is that there's a, there's a fear of not being met, not being acknowledged, not being seen. And, it, and a lot of it actually comes from our old patterns. A lot of it is it happened before in our lives. And right. there's also this, um, there's a, in the world, there's a, our success, I'm trying to, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but the way we measure success is very externalized. Meaning, you know, if someone were to create something in the world, how it's measured as successful is by what happens outside of that person. Mm. And what I try to help people with is to measure the success of their creation by how much joy they're feeling as they're creating their work. Mm. And that to me is, you know, there's this, there's this dual nature, this integrated nature that goes on with work is that number one, it should be serving us first. We should Mm -hmm. be the ones being served by our work first. It should be connecting us with our source of energy and it should be connecting us with who we are and what we have to offer. And it should be connecting us with the joy of creating. If we do that in my mind, that's success. And then what happens in the world is secondary. And so I try to encourage people to get into the creative process for themselves and to try to detach, yeah, their sense of worth by what happens external to who they are. And ironically is the more we do that, the more external success we have. But if I find culturally, we go about it backwards. We we try to figure out how can I be successful in the world Mm -hmm. and then create from that instead of the other way around. That is the most profound and freeing thing ever. I mean, I want that stamped on a wall that I can stare at multiple times throughout the day. It is so true and and seemingly simple, but it's one of those simple things that's life-changing, you know, those simple truths that have everything so Mm -hmm. wrapped up in it. And we do have it backwards. I agree with you 110%. And it's so funny. It's almost like a little bit of a leap of faith you got to go through because we're so conditioned to do it the opposite way. And yet you're right. When we, and we don't have expectations necessarily, or we don't have this force, this um, desperation for those external measurements. But when we're in our joy, the world just seems to line up so differently. And what gets reflected is so powerful and so um, not just fulfilling, but those measurements take on a whole different tone. And it's so funny. You could you could receive the same external measurements, you know, uh, that you would have going in with that as your priority. And yet when you receive them, it's almost like they feel different because they're not the priority. They're a great yeah. secondary benefit, but you don't need them so much anymore. They're sort of like this this nice side benefit, this nice bonus almost because you're so fulfilled and so happy. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, that's obviously to me what the idea of inspired work is, is that we are so whole and full unto ourselves that, that it comes through us into the world. And then what happens out there? Yeah. It's a nice piece of 
feedback like and and I, I don't want to cut off the idea of receiving we need to you know we need to also receive but there's a difference between receiving from within ourselves and needing to receive from our work outside of ourselves those are two different things and do you find on the whole that when people are receiving from within themselves in the way you're describing that what tends to shift is there's a reflection where they then get to receive from the so-called external world, but they're exactly. receiving from this fulfilled place. So there's no, there's no hole, there's no wanting. And by yeah. wanting, I mean like trying to fulfill the lack, the wanting of something, not the desiring that's magnetic, but this wanting that's like yeah. noticing what's not here and trying to fill that hole. There's a whole different energy around that and what you're describing. That's powerful. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Carly, I have a secret dream. <laughs> I have a oh, secret dream. I love secret that- dreams. <laughs> That that this gets into our our education system, that mm-hmm. these things, you know, I I I have such dreams about what school could look like at various levels for different ages and stages, and your work reminds me so much of what I dream of for having. Can you imagine? Uh, all children going through similar processes like these where they mm-hmm. they don't get the conditioning in the first place. I mean, thank goodness there's people in the world helping to um, to evolve out of that, but to just have our system set up so that gifts are realized and worth is is not even a question. Not and even a question. Creation from joy. Can you imagine the level of collaboration versus competition in that? Can you imagine the deepening of connection? Can you imagine the heart-centered joy? Can you imagine the frequency and the vibration? And can you imagine the level of growth without mm-hmm. those hangups holding us back to try, to just try, try and see, and to let things come through you without your conditioning and your judgments and your doubts and your fears stop it before it even has a chance to take its first breath. I can so relate to that. Well, and you're speaking of my vision. You know, this is this is this is what I envision for the world. And you know, the the program I offer is called the Vision Program, and it really is about yeah, what is what is the world you want to live in? That to me, that's what a vision is. Mm-hmm. And I, I find, you know, I talk about purpose, vision, and mission in my program, you know, and I call them the core guiding principles. And I feel as though maybe those those concepts have been, um, you know, appropriated by corporate entities for you know that become these sort of soulless concepts but for me our purpose vision and mission are fundamental truths that guide our work and the the world you just described so eloquently is literally why I do the work I do because that's the world I want to live in and my work is in support of that and that's that's what i that's how i support other people like we talk first about what is the world you want to live in and then we talk about yeah how can you create work that allows you to contribute to realizing that world mm. that's a mic drop moment oh i love it i love it wow kylie that is such a profound vision it's a beautiful vision and you're such a walking talking embodied example of the work that you empower others into and your description of that just now was so beautiful and so eloquent and so so accessible 
I mean, I can feel it as I'm listening to you talk and it's exciting. It's really exciting. That's a vision. That's a world that I also want to live in. That's a world that I want my kids to live in mm -hmm. and for their kids to have uh, knowledge of, of nothing else, really. You know, that yeah. world where this is just the way it's always been. Yeah. That would be oh, such a heart dream. Such a heart dream. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what comes from that. Oh, my goodness, Angel. You are such a force. I adore you. I'm so grateful that you're doing the work that you're doing in the world. And I'm so curious. You see so many people, and you've had such a hand in this for so long. If I'm out there in the audience, and I'm listening to this, and I'm really feeling sparked by this, and I'm someone who isn't really in wholeness yet in regards to my work. And maybe I'm more drained at the end of the day than I am lit up and energized. And maybe I feel a little bit far away from this beautiful vision that you're standing for and helping to midwife into the world. What would you say to that person listening in? And where does that person even start as far as a thought or an action step? Where do they start? What's the next step for that person? Absolutely. And it's a little challenging to to answer that because obviously it depends on where they're standing. Um, mm -hmm. The next step comes from wherever they're standing. But in terms of where to begin, maybe I can offer a couple things. And one of them is what I was just speaking to. I, when most people are dissatisfied with their work and they're looking for something different, they usually start their search or their journey with the question, what am I supposed to do in the world? And it's a great question, but I find it's not the first question. And so my invitation, right? So the what is, it's the outer form of work. And I work with inspired work, which to me is the integration of our inner work and our outer work. But to me, we have to start with the inner work pieces. And what those pieces are for me are what I was just speaking of, which are your purpose and vision. And the way I frame purpose is I ask the question, you know, a lot of people also externalize the idea of purpose. They think it's they think it's a thing they're supposed to do in the world. And the way I frame purpose is answering the question, who am I here to be in the world? When I wake up every day, how am I showing up? Who am I being? That is the very first question you have to answer for yourself. And then from that, the vision is born. Like what, you know, just what we were talking about. What is the world I want to live in? Like, never mind yet what my work looks like. What is the world I want to be a part of creating? If you can get clear on those two pieces, and I'm not saying it's easy. It, it can take a long time to come to clarity about those pieces. But those to me are your, your guiding principles that inform when you know who you're here to be and what is the world you want to create, then what you do in the world is starts to be informed by that. So I invite people to, to, you know, plant the seeds of those questions in their being. And the other place that I always start across the board with everybody is what are your beliefs about work? Because what I find is we can have all the dreams in the world, but we cannot act outside of what we believe. And so I invite people to look at what, what is it they believe about work and what is it they believe about themselves in relationship to work? And are those beliefs serving in their growth and expansion or are they serving or are they actually limiting <laughs> them? 
out. And obviously we carry a lot of conditioning about work. And, you know, I always feel like I have to defend the poor concept of work because everyone, you know, we use the word to describe the things we don't want to do in the world. And so, yeah, a lot of my work is about helping reframe the idea of work as an act of love towards ourselves and towards other people. And so to to see work in that way, we might have to shift some limiting beliefs we're holding about work. And, you know, I, when I, just to circle back to where we started with my story, I really didn't think much about work. Yeah. You know, at, at that time, 15 years ago, I got up, I'd go to work, I'd make money. And then at the end of the day, I'd, just like you said, I'd think about, mm-hmm. okay, well now what can I do to enjoy my life? I didn't really hold it as an entity unto itself. So, yeah, I invite people to really think about, do you have an expanded concept of work or is it limited in your own mind? And do you and do you believe in your own dreams? And that's that's maybe a more advanced concept. But, um, you know, we all have dreams. I also find that just like you said earlier, you know, I have a secret dream. Uh, for some reason, our dreams are secret. I mean, I know why they're they're delicate and it's vulnerable to put them out into the world. But to start to breathe some life into what what you dream of and to start to believe that you can actually realize it. Oh, Kylie, you are so inspiring. I'm so grateful that you came here today to have this conversation. I mean, it's such a super inspiring conversation. Thank you so much for it all, but also for the very specific and actionable things you just gave people to move forward with. I find that so often we can be inspired and then there's no step to take. So Mm -hmm. answering those questions, sitting with those things, I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your passion so very generously with us. Well, obviously, thank you very much for having me. I adore talking about work, <laughs> which <laughs> some people probably find that's a funny concept, but I can't get enough of it. I can talk about people and the work that they're up to in the world all day. So I truly appreciate the invitation and being here and allowing me to to share my perspective. Mm. Absolutely. Such an honor. All right, everyone. And thank you all for being here with us today, too. As always, I hope today's episode really serves your highest possible good and helps to ignite your own greatness by encouraging you to discover your inspired work so you can make the unique impact and contribution in our shared world that only you can make. Until next time, everyone, keep unlocking your own superpowers of the soul and put them to great use building a life and a world you love. And many, many blessings to you and your loved ones for a peaceful and inspirational 2024. All the love to you.